93.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boys. All right, it is officially lunchtime, if you eat at noon. And that means it's time for Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here to bring us today's top stories. Aaron? So Frank Kaminsky is playing his best stretch of basketball as a member of the Phoenix Suns, and it's coming when the team needs it most, as he had a career-high 31 points last night against the Blazers. Here's Kaminsky after the game. I just told myself last year, make the most of the opportunity. When your number's called, be ready every single time. And this offseason, um kind of felt the same situation um not a lot of teams wanted me you know you hear a lot of things about yourself that are hard to swallow um and you know I've fallen into the trap before of thinking that I have to prove everyone else wrong instead of proving myself right and that's a big thing for me this year is just I want to be who I think that I am and just go out there and prove it to myself not let anyone else dictate you know what's going to happen with me you know my career and my life is in my hands, and I want to make the most of it. Your reaction? I think there's a lot there. I mean, Eddie Johnson, I thought, brought up, brought up a great point when he was on with us earlier. I mean, Frank Kaminsky wasn't just a guy that snuck in at the end of the draft. He was one of the, if not the best players in college the year he was drafted. We all laughed like, okay, he was dominant against U of A. He was dominant against most teams. He just kept eliminating U of A. But this is a guy that was used to being one of the very best, and now he's obviously had to adjust for the last few years. Yeah, don't be externally motivated, my young crunk brothers. Do not be it. Be internally motivated. Don't try to prove everyone else wrong. That's external motivation. Don't try to prove that because that kind of motivation will come and then it'll go. It'll come and then it'll go. It'll leave you. Don't do that. Be internally motivated where it never leaves you. Bury that metaphorical chip on your shoulder. Bury it in your heart. Be internally motivated. Prove it to yourself. Well done, Frank Kaminsky. Our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, when DeAndre Ayton returns from injury, what should the Suns do with Frank Kaminsky in the rotation? Your choices, play him as the backup center in place of JaVale McGee, find him spot minutes when possible, or go back to the regular rotation with him not playing. I'm going to go with Man. find him spot <laughs> minutes when possible, because I, I don't want to disrupt what JaVale McGee's doing, but... I don't think you can just say, oh, okay, we'll just forget about Frank completely. Like, I don't know that that's a wise move either because you may need him down the line, and he's showing he can do some stuff. Yeah, you know, it's kind of his role, though. It's kind of his role. Just be ready. Be ready, Frank. Yeah. Come off the bench and be ready to contribute at um, no notice whatsoever. Be ready to go. And I think that's kind of his niche and will be the rest of his time probably in the NBA. But that's more spot minutes than just him not playing, though, right? Isn't Correct. that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Okay. We still don't... Oh, well, I'll give you guys what the audience thinks as well. Please. 72% say find him spot minutes when possible. Nice. 24% say play him as the backup center in place of JaVale McGee. And then 4% say go back to the regular rotation with him not playing. Now we will move on to Kyler Murray. We still don't know whether he'll play in Week 10 against the Panthers, but the Cards quarterback is hoping he will be able to return. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, obviously day-to-day right now, but uh, I think I've made crazy strides as far as, you know, in a positive direction uh, since it happened. So 
Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and you know, like I said, just day to day, just gonna keep working it up. That sounds like he's pretty optimistic. So, yeah. what is the percentage? What percentage would you give Kyler Murray playing on Sunday? Yeah, that's good. You know what I'm going to give him? I'm going to give him <laughs> produce. Uh, come up with some. Okay, twenty five percent. That sounds like a shot at the producer. Honestly, I, I yeah, twenty five percent. That's what I'm going to say. If one. Wolf was producing a show, it'd be segment one, physicality. Segment two, wardrobe. Segment three. That's enough out of you. It's enough out of you. You know right what there. you get when you provoke her. Why would you go Honestly, down that path? Honestly, twenty five. I know. You know, just getting ripped. Yeah. Um, you started. No, it. I, I. Yeah. You know what? One in four chance, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to say closer to – I'll go 55% chance he plays. I think they oh, wow. are going to have a hard time keeping him off the field, and I think he's probably going to be pretty close to ready. That's just me thinking I, – I, I, like I said, I would I would probably sit him one more week. I wouldn't keep doing it. It wouldn't be like, hey, we beat Carolina. Let's sit him against Seattle too. I, I, I'll trust them to, to make that judgment call there, but I think it's going to be real tough to convince Kyler Murray not to play another week if he can go. ESPN released their NFL midseason report that looked around the entire league. They believe the Cardinals will finish the season 15-2. and two. What say you guys? I'll take it. I'd take 15-2. and two. Oh, my goodness. Honestly, at it, it 15-2, and two, yeah. Um, I, it's so hard for me. I, I've been struggling with this the entire week, and it's coming to a head today. It really is. This 15-2. This and two. Are you kidding me? Yeah, 50, do you think that'd be the number one seed in the it national football? It better be the it number better, one seed. It's going to be the number <laughs> one seed. I, I think it would be the number one record overall, AFC, NFC, 15-2. I'm going to say they go 14-3. and three. And um, more than anything, this has just kind of been an exercise to look at the schedule and say, okay, is this you know kind of like you do at the start of the season? Now, there's a win, there's a loss. I'm not looking at it that way anymore. I'm just looking and saying there's not any team in the NFL that scares me that the Cardinals would go up against. Like, that Rams game on December 13th is obviously the big one, but they've already beaten the Rams this year. Just listening to you say that scares me. <laughs> me I mean, not being scared scares yes, you? exactly. All You're right. not scared at all. No team scare me. Maybe it's because I feel the same way. Well, that kind of scares me. No, that is scary. Yeah. Speaking of scary, the Carolina Panthers have brought back a familiar face. They signed free agent Cam Newton. Greetings, Earthlings. Take me to Cam Newton. It's time for me to look myself in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? I'm having fun, feeling good, and the thrill is still there, man. It's from outer space, it's an alien. We have come for our quarterback. <laughs> he is something guys. about Cam Newton, man. He's not built like you and I, Basin Onions. Just understand that. He is not. He's been being down <laughs> from the mothership. There's something about Cam Newton right now. You know what? I honestly think Cam Newton is going to play. I think we're going to see him in a package this Sunday in Carolina's yeah. offense. I do, yeah. I'm not going to say anything because I haven't heard Aaron's question yet. Well, I was just going to get your thoughts on this and whether or not you guys think that we will see Cam Newton on Sunday. Oh, look at that. You answered the question before she so, you know, Well, it's well, because, honestly right know. now, I didn't care what Aaron was oh, going okay. to say. That makes Aaron. sense. Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> How about that for a okay, shot Ronald. over the ball? Come on, Ronald. Ronald. Aaron. Ronald. I didn't care what she was going to say. It's contentious in here. Um, 
I think we're going to see Cam Newton a lot the rest of the season. I don't know about Sunday, maybe a couple plays, but if they're giving him $4.5 million guaranteed, that to me sounds like they went out and said, you aren't Sam Darnold, here's all our money. Yeah, look, Cam, um, we're going to put you in a package of five plays, okay? You got five plays you actually have to learn, and we'll plot. We'll probably do it in a goal line situation. Are you okay with that? You almost sounded like Lumberg from I'm Office Space. I'm telling you right now, Cam Newton is going to play. Have you seen Office Space? No, I haven't. Really? Yeah. Oh, you're missing a good movie. <laughs> the voice I was doing? No, saying? no, but I just the way it was kind of, it sounded like you were like, um, yeah, I'm going to need you to come in on oh, the weekend. No, I Cam. know what you're talking okay. about now. Well, you got to see the whole movie for context. Like no, you didn't sound like that, but you were trending that way. Okay, you're just embellishing. All right. Well, Maloney left because you called her Aaron. She's not even in there anymore. We're going to go to a break. That is Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. And the um, <laughs> the Suns are starting to look like the team we're familiar with. We'll get into what's been working for them next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Who would it now? Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, full disclosure here. I don't know if you noticed this during the break, Wolf. Did you see this? Um, no. There was a, uh, a guacamole incident while you were doing your live read. You're kidding me, yeah. the guacamole. I was trying to put guacamole on this burrito because they okay. somebody brought in some nice food. But all okay. the guacamole was in like one of those little like I don't know those little containers. Yeah, okay. I'm trying I to get just a container yeah. Now. I'm trying to get just a little bit on it. Yeah. While you're doing your read, and I'm okay. trying to be quiet and just boom, all of it right. No. Man, I'll tell you, I was locked into doing you must that have been. read, wasn't I? Yeah. I thought I was like this could be this could bring us down completely wow, if you get that distracted. Is, that is so bad. Right. I was there, hoping honestly. you were going to spill it on your shirt. That's that. <laughs> that was what I was hoping the story would be. Well, it almost went table. everywhere. No, it, it everywhere. Here, here's the thing about guac, right? Guacamole is so blah, isn't it? Well, I mean, it's, it's okay. Just I wouldn't eat straight guacamole. Um, guacamole with hot sauce, though. <laughs> Careful what you sudden. you wish for with that hot sauce, because I think we might be doing Well, first of all, you have to understand, every food known to man is better with hot sauce. Yeah. Serious. Cold cereal? You know what? Honestly, take take a scoop of vanilla ice cream. If you, if you are a hot, seriously, if you're a hot person, somebody that loves that hot sauce and that taste and that heat, take, take ice cream, put it in a bowl, and put... Frank's Red Hot over it, and then eat it. Are you serious? Oh my goodness! You will not even believe how good that is. See, I'm nervous because you and I got into this hot sauce discussion like a month ago, and Maloney got that look that she's like she's going to be up to something with hot sauce, and I feel like we're going to be doing hot yeah. sauce uh, related segments in the future. So yeah, just be ready for that. For that, so uh, I'm going to be blaming shot you. Shot of hot? That is that what you're saying? Yeah, so I just okay. just there could be some hot sauce in the future. Uh, all right, to the Phoenix Suns, who get a nice win over Portland last night. I don't know why I keep calling that win nice. Oh, what a nice yeah, win what, by what 10. what is it? I, I don't know. It just any win is a nice win at this point in time right now as they're trying to find themselves, and I think they are doing a good job starting to find themselves. Uh, courtesy of Frank Kaminsky last night, we've played the clip of him re- reflecting on the last couple uh, off-seasons for himself, so I won't play that again, but I, what I will play is uh, Chris Paul talking about 
the locker room's reaction to the game Frank Kaminsky had. If you missed it, you're just driving around. Hey, yeah, okay, I know the Suns won. I don't know how it happened. Well, Frank Kaminsky had 31 points, and Went he off. was everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so this was Chris Paul afterwards. I think he was tired. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that's the team that we have. We celebrate each other. You know, all the, uh, you know, small victories you may call over the course of a season. We're a real family. You know, so we got to do that. Um, it is a long season. Um, but, you know, you, you celebrate guys, uh, accomplishments. Um, we're a family. Man, that is, I can feel that right there. It really is. It's part of the chemistry. It's part of a locker room. It's part of what you do. You go out and you compete at the highest level our species can generate. And it's oftentimes that competition is contentious. <laughs> it is. And especially when you're playing 82 games, 82 games, think about it. The NBA in 82 games, this provides a little contour to the season. When you get somebody like Frank Kaminsky who comes out of nowhere and suddenly scores 31 points. Maybe I shouldn't say out of nowhere because he has been contributing. He has been playing so well. But man, to see him go off last night the way that he did, and I'm not just talking about scoring the basketball. I'm talking about he was blocking shots. He He was contesting shots. He was rebounding the basketball. He was passing the ball. He was... He was, he took over the game in the third quarter. The last half of the third quarter, he took over the game. Frank Kaminsky, and I will tell you right now, the impact that has on a a locker room, on a team, where you get a guy who does something one game, extraordinary. Now, all of a sudden, it just, it adds to the flavor inside that locker room. It's a beautiful thing. How about the last two games the Suns have played? Okay, so wins over Sacramento and Portland this week. And both, you know, the one, the game last night, a 10-point win over a team they lost to earlier by 29. And on Monday, a 5-point win over a team they lost to by 3 earlier on that Harrison Barnes buzzer beater. Okay? But the leading scorer for the Suns in those two games, Frank Kaminsky last night, Cameron Payne on Monday. That's some depth right yes. there. When you start to look around and you're like, okay, well, it's it's, it's almost always going to be Booker, but okay, Mikel Bridges has led the team in scoring a few of these games. Chris Paul led the way against the Lakers. Last two games, campaign and Frank Kaminsky doing it. Yeah, just generally speaking overall right now, it just feels so good to see the Suns go out and show flashes of, oh, there, there you are. There's the Phoenix Suns. Um, they've won six games in a row right now. They're starting to look more like the Phoenix Suns, and I'm encouraged by this game in particular. Not only because of Portland and the fact that Portland blew them out by 29 points, as you said, in game number three of the season, but just watching the way they played, especially in that first half. That first half, they they had, what, a 13-point lead? It was 60-47, to I think. That first half right there, they were sharing the basketball. Mm-hmm. They were playing defense. They were defending the three-point line, doing a great job. The Blazers take more three-pointers than anybody in the league. Um, they did a great job defending, McCallum defending, uh, Dame Lillard. They, the Blazers, they could not literally make a three in the first half. Portland made 21 threes the first time these two teams met. They made seven <laughs> last night. Seven, and they had zero in the first half. Yeah. There were zero of 13. I'll say this. If you're not hitting threes against the Suns, you don't have a chance. Yes. Unless you have Giannis. Yeah, okay. 
Yes, unless you have. <laughs> but even then, Boy, it's that just, was it, a shot. Yeah, well, it, it was. It was that just. Was, I was keeping us level. Was, I mean, honestly, <laughs> here I am level. talking about. Man, it felt good to actually see the Suns. They've won six in a row, and they kind of look like the Suns. They were playing defense, and they were playing uh, well. And all of a sudden, you bring up Giannis. Um, well, I want to keep you centered. What a shot that was! Kick to the cradle. Let me just say, defense, defense, and defense. It was the. It was the heartbeat I felt of the Phoenix Suns last season. Yes. Was their defense. Yeah. yeah. That that was something they could always fall back on, Luke. The defense and the just team chemistry gets overused so much. It's like, oh, well, they play well together on the floor. Like, yeah, they have that. But it, again, it goes back to what Chris Paul just said in that last clip. It's like, well, yeah, we're family. We're going to celebrate Frank Kaminsky having a big night. Like, you don't necessarily expect it, but when he does, okay. You don't expect 31 points from Frank Kaminsky. No. But this team last year, and we talked about this a lot, I mean, this team felt like a legitimate family during that run last year to the point where Devin Booker gets his face busted and DeAndre Ayton is showing up to the next playoff game with a picture of Devin Booker and his busted face on his shirt. And they could just, they could tease each other, but you can't tease them. Yes. Right. If you're on another team and you try to take liberties with one of the sons, one of them is going to step up and if not all of them and defend that and their defense, you're right. That's what it was last year. And to me, once again, when you talk about the Suns and this, the the fact that they started looking like the Phoenix Suns, to me on the defensive side, it was their hands, their hand differential. Have you ever heard of the hand differential? Is this like the intensity index? Okay, it's kind of like that. Okay. It is. You know, that's well done on your part right there. It's not the intensity index. What it is, it's called the hand differential. How many blocks and how many steals do you get compared to your opponent? Okay, just hands. It's not offensive rebounds. All right. Okay, that's the intensity index. This is the hand differential right right here. They were plus five in the hand differential. They had 12 blocks and steals compared to seven for the Portland Trailblazers. Are these... uh, Enough said. These... Hand differential. Are are these wolf metrics or are these out there and I just have never heard of them? No, it's something I just kind (laughs) of... Just came up with? Just came up with right there. Hand differential. 20 seconds. I was was believing like, wow, how did I not hear about this? are you serious? And you're like, oh yeah, the hand differential. Well, of course. Think about it. How many times he steals, blocks, Frank Kaminsky blocking. Um... Now i got to watch these games. Hand, hand differential, differential. base audience. Go ahead and Google it. If this was a podcast, that would be the name of this episode, the hand <laughs> differential. All right, text us your thoughts on the hand differential to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up, what will Wolf be watching for when the Cardinals' defense takes the field against Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers? He'll break it down next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wedge Buster, Wedge Salad, Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. It feels good. Thursday night football tonight, Baltimore and Miami. I don't know if that game's any good. Um, but Just give me a game. Just man. any just, game. Just make it a game. Make it close. Make it tight in the fourth quarter. Honestly, you know, you expect Baltimore, even if they pull away in the fourth quarter, just just make it a ball game. Well, now, see, I might take Baltimore in our survivor pool, so I, I don't know if I want that to be that close. Okay, I see. Yeah. Yes, just make it close. Make Luke sweat. <laughs> I don't want to sweat it out. I don't have any good teams left. Uh, we are also coming up, and I, I would say even these games like in the AFC, just any game 
feels different when the team in your city has the best record in the NFL. Yeah. It's a whole different perspective looking at the league that way, right? Cardinals and Panthers coming up this weekend. Arizona a chance to go 9-1. and one. So, Wolf, what are you watching for? Here it is right now on a Thursday, ladies and gentlemen, where we tend to look at the Arizona Cardinals defense matching up to the opponent. It is What Will Wolf Watch? What Will Wolf Watch? Christian McCaffrey versus the Big Red Line. One of the biggest reasons why the Cardinals are 8-1 and one and the best team in the league is because of how well their defense has been playing, Ron Wolfley reporting. But the thing that pleases me the most is how consistently the defense has played. The Big Red Line has limited teams to 17.2 points per game, regardless of who they were playing, what their reputation was, who the starting quarterback was, or what an offense's strengths were. It didn't matter, and it won't matter this weekend. The Cardinals' defense is for real, and they have shown that all season long. They don't get up for games or play down to teams. Since the third week of the season, Vance Joseph's boys have pummeled opposing offenses, and I fully expect that to continue this weekend. The Carolina Panthers are in a state of a metaphorical decay, ladies and gentlemen. And it has nothing to do with Sam Darnold not playing. Their offensive line has been a disaster all year. Injuries and COVID have sidelined many of the starters from time to time, and the lack of consistency has been problematic. The Panthers haven't been able to throw the ball, largely because of poor protection. The Panthers have not been able to run the ball, largely because of poor run blocking. And now the Panthers lost their starting center and starting left tackle approaching the shores of the Red Sea? Not good. Matt Paradis tore his ACL on Sunday in their 24-6 loss to the New England Patriots and is done for the season. Their left tackle Cameron Irving had an MRI on his calf and is headed for IR. It can always get worse, can it, Sam Darnold? P.J. Walker is going to be the starting quarterback for the Panthers. I will not disparage the man, but will let the numbers speak for themselves. In 71 pass attempts, 71, Walker has thrown five interceptions and one touchdown and has a quarterback rating of 42. He has run the ball seven times for 10 yards. Uh Uh-oh. The worst part about Sunday for P.J. Walker and the rest of the Panthers' offense revolves around Big Red and their lines mentality. Yeah, that's right. Their mentality. They don't care who they're playing. It will never change their approach to how they go about their business. Vance Joseph has great confidence in his secondary, and they are a buttoned-up bunch. This will allow the Cardinals to get Walker in third and obvious pass situations and use Joseph's complex pressure and blitz packages to confuse, confound, and control Walker's targets. Which brings us back to the Panthers' offensive line and why it is the fulcrum of the game. In order to be in third and obvious pass situations, the Cards need to stuff Christian McCaffrey and the running game. The front seven needs to assert their authority along the line of scrimmage and set the tone for this team and this game. 
It's been 14 years this February that the Arizona Cardinals last played in a Super Bowl. And although their offense is Super Bowl caliber, I'll continue to say their defense is what makes them a Super Bowl contender. And those 14 years have never produced as talented a roster as 2021. Isn't that right, Steve Kime? Fourteen years. Want to hear a weird stat? You got me thinking of it when you said fourteen years. I don't know if there's a song about eight years. It's been eight years since the Cardinals have beaten the Panthers in a game. What possible? Come on. I'm, I'm looking at it right here, and I, I looked this up yesterday. Actually, a reader, uh, uh, or a listener, a reader, a reader of our show, Wolf, you That's know, the publication we put out. I didn't know you were writing. Yes. Uh, a listener uh, tweeted in, you guys probably should look up the last time that the uh, the Cardinals beat the Panthers. And I'm like, it actually has been a while. They don't play every year. But, uh, yeah, 2013, a 22-6 uh, a to Cardinals win. 2013. Man, I know. I got to go back, though, to the 2019 season. Once again, we were talking about this uh-huh. the other day. It's just weird at State Farm Stadium. Look, everybody, there's a backup quarterback, Kyle Allen. And what did Kyle Allen do? Local product went out and beat the Arizona Cardinals. Four touchdowns, no interceptions, 144.4 quarterback rating. Wow. Christian McCaffrey had a 76-yard touchdown run in that game. That's it right 153 there. yards rushing. Uh, you know, back to something Zoe said when he was in here. You go out there, and when you're facing Carolina, because they are so one-dimensional, even though Christian McCaffrey is multidimensional, they're yeah. one, the one-dimensional in the sense that they got to run everything through Christian McCaffrey. And we've seen it. They started 3-0, and and, uh, and they had Christian McCaffrey, and then they haven't had him, and they completely fell apart. They got him back last week, maybe a little bit limited, but uh, but they lost last week too. But, Wolf, it goes into what we've been saying about the Cardinals for a while now. Not that I think they're just going to go out there and shut down Christian McCaffrey, yeah. but if you're telling me there, it's, there's a team coming to town that basically has one player you have to stop or one player that can beat you, they're going to find a way to at least limit him so that the Cardinals' offense can outscore one guy. Carolina better find a way to get multidimensional quickly. No, you're right about that. And once again, it's the reason why I really focused on the offensive line for the Carolina Panthers because they're in a state of disarray. I kid you not. Um, decay right now. They lost their starting center and their starting left tackle, and this has been an offensive line that has struggled already. And unless they're they're holding out, they're reserving players from actually playing on the football field, players that are better than other players, that starting center and starting left tackle isn't going to help the Carolina Panthers play better on the offensive line. It's not going to help them be better. No. That's trouble. This is Cliff Kingsbury yesterday when they asked him how he plans to stop Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, you... you... <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Um, The way they utilize him in the screen game, the pass game, uh, the run game, he can do it all. I mean, he's a tremendous player. The first guy rarely gets him down. Um, And so they're going to get him the ball in a myriad of ways. And uh, it's scary when you turn on the tape and and watch that guy play. He's as good as any player in the league. 
He is. He is awesome. Christian McCaffrey, a great dual threat, a guy that can run the ball, of course, and a guy that can also hurt you with his hands. He's a guy that can take it to the house. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, he's you know great. what I love about him, too, is um, he's a complete back. He's a three-down back. He truly is. I don't know if you want to use him in all of those situations. You still want to go ahead and mix it up, obviously, try to keep him fresh, but... He's a guy that can hold up in protection as well. I just like how Cliff answers these questions like he's a fan that got like won tickets to the game or something. Well, how do we stop Christian McCaffrey? Well, your guess is as good as mine. Oh, how, what are we going to do with Kyler Murray? Well, I, I, I'm not going to tell him. Cliff, you might win Coach of the Year. You know what, Cliff? Um, this is the thing that makes you Cliff, your humility. It's one of the things I love. He is smart and he's humble. And because of that, he has a lot of really good ideas. He has a lot of good ideas because he's smart, Basinonians. And when those good ideas don't work, he's humble enough to say, I need to think of new ideas. <laughs> Do you see the way that? So he's humble enough to look at himself and be his harshest critic and say, This isn't working. We need to do something else. And then he's smart enough once again to say, mm, This is a good idea. Let's try this. Humility and intelligence is a great way to go through life, ladies and gentlemen, full of those two things. Coming up, the Panthers are going with, well, they're going with a backup quarterback. Maybe we don't know exactly which one yet, but they're going with a backup quarterback on Sunday. So will the Cardinals do the same thing? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Cliff Kingsbury, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Let's go, Lucky Ram, Lucky Ram, Lucky Ram to start. Here we go. I feel like we've added a lot of key um, additions to the team. You know, from year one to now, yeah, we're in a good spot. I think the accountability on this team with a lot of the leaders we brought in is, has really, I guess, leveled up. Cliff Kingsbury has to go from, like, really good offensive mind to head coach in the NFL. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. What you know about rolling down in the deep? When your brain goes numb, you can call it mental freeze. When these people talk too much, put it slow motion. Yeah, I love this because I've seen some of the quotes from Vance Joseph, and I don't think you've seen them yet, Wolf, and we're going to play some of them in the next hour. Yeah. But uh, I, I can just, I can tell, like, there's some of these I know you're going to like. But right now we're going to focus on Kyler Murray. Okay. Who, um... Was not uh, was was at least not out there during the open part of practice today. A lot of guys weren't. DeAndre Hopkins, Chase Edmonds, Rondale Moore, James Wiggins, Justin Pugh, Max Garcia, and Kyler. Um, this is Ian Rappaport yesterday talking about Kyler Murray not practicing. Kyler Murray not slated to practice today for the Arizona Cardinals, which is not very good news. It doesn't mean necessarily that he's going to be out on Sunday, but you'd really like a starting quarterback to be on the field Wednesday if he is going to play. Now, last week the Cardinals left the door open for him possibly playing despite not having practiced at all. Did not materialize. I don't think they're going to be in the same situation this week. You'd hope that at some point he practices, but we will see. Not practicing today, not a great sign for this ankle injury. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins is on a similar uh, similar situation right here, not expected to practice today. He has a hamstring injury. So for the Arizona Cardinals, who won handily last week without both of these guys, there's at least a chance they may have to try to do it again. There's a lot there, Wolf, and, we, and we've talked about a, a, a good portion of it throughout the week. Like, on paper, 
I think San Francisco's better than Carolina. So, yes. in theory, you just went on the road and beat a tougher team than who you're playing this week. But it is the NFL, and I don't think that's just a cliche. I, th- I mean, at the end of, of of all this talk and everything, we get to the start of the game, it is an actual football game. So, if you're missing all your guys, you're not going to beat a team with Christian McCaffrey. Um, I don't I don't fall into the school of thought that if Kyler Murray is not practicing on a Wednesday or even a Thursday that he can't play. But I do yeah. understand there is something, too. You want your quarterback out there getting some reps during the week. No, you know, honestly, right now, this is a conundrum I find myself in, ladies and gentlemen, and it feels so very uncomfortable to be talking about this very thing because I do believe if a football player is 100%, if he suffered an injury and now he's fully recovered, it's time for him to go play. you got to play. It doesn't matter, Kyler Murray. It really doesn't. If you're 100%, if that ankle is 100% right now, you got to play Kyler Murray. You have to hear me on that and feel me on that, Luke. You've got to play him. Yeah. That's what, it's what professional yes. athletes do. You're not going you, to sit a guy just for the sake of sitting him. No, you're not going to do that. But if you're going to tell me you're missing Wednesday and you're missing Thursday, I think, um, okay, what about Friday? Because if you tell me he's going to miss Friday as well, now all of a sudden I, I'm pretty much throwing my hands up saying, why would you even push it if it's that close once again? Whoa. Where he can't practice on a Wednesday, he can't practice on a Thursday, he can't practice on a Friday. Why would you push it then? That doesn't sound like 100%. It doesn't. If he's not practicing, then you're basically saying he's not 100%. Well, you can see he woke up on Saturday, and there it was. It, he felt fantastic. <laughs> All the swelling was gone. There was no discoloration whatsoever in his ankle. And he said, you know what? I feel 100%. Not, now you... I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to run him out there if there's one day where he feels like he's 100%. And then, okay, I'm good to go now. No, you know what? You missed all practice. We had a quarterback that took every rep in Colt McCoy. And because of this game and because of this team that we're playing and because we're playing home, we feel really, really good about going out and taking care of business. Why would we rush Kyler Murray or try to jam him in when he missed an entire week of practice. Why would you do that? You wouldn't. I, I will I will repeat what I said earlier in the week. That whole eh, I'm not hundred percent Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. I don't know if I can go to practice, but then on Saturday, oh, I'm good. That was a line I used when I was like 10 years old to get out of going to school, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, but I still wanted to go do stuff right. on Saturday. But uh, but sometimes, I mean, honestly, stop and think about it. It could happen. It could happen. It could happen. But you don't have to risk anything if you're Correct. the Cardinals right That's now. That's what I think you've got to keep your, your finger on and your eyes on in regard to this right here. Colt McCoy is more than capable of going out there and winning a game and not rushing Kyler Murray, not trying to crowbar him in to a start. It makes perfect sense. There are I'm seeing a few reports out there that uh, Matt Rule said that P.J. Walker's still starting this weekend. Starting. It doesn't mean there Cam Newton can't play. But, but did he, he didn't. He didn't use that. He didn't say still starting. Right? No, I, he didn't I, say I threw the. Still you in threw there. that in there. See how that, you do that? that? Was, yeah, you just kind of see. You're so media. <laughs> that was that was based on like a tweet about a tweet, and then me changing the phrasing. <sighs> oh PJ Walker starting. How's that? Yeah, he didn't say. Well, everybody, uh, PJ Walker is still starting. At least I didn't like change the quarterback's name to like Tom Brady in his prime <laughs> is starting for Carolina on Sunday. Right, okay. So uh, Cam Newton, though, I'm talking Cam Newton. 
Cam Newton base on onions. Get ready for this right here. A package of plays. Maybe it's four plays. Maybe it's five, whatever it may be. A package of plays that Cam Newton is going to come out and run the offense. Oh yeah, I, you could not. You could not play him, even if even if you wanted to play Cam Newton. You paid him four and a half million dollars guaranteed. That's pretty doggone good. Up to ten million. Up to ten million dollars, right? And he also has a roster bonus. So, right, one and a half, one and a half million dollar roster bonus, right there. It's like six million dollars you're paying them, guaranteed. Yeah. So, to me, um, it's. Yeah, you're not going to rush him out there, but man, you want to get a look. I I do. I said this earlier, though. I do think it's um, it's uh, now I'm distracted by Kyler Murray tweeting something about Cam Newton. I'll figure that out during the uh, the break. But um, it's uh, <laughs> more third person, third hand reporting from me. Focus. Uh, no, I I do think that it it says something about how Carolina is still approaching the season. You will see teams sometimes, I mean, Carolina's lost five of six. You will see teams where it's like, yeah, they are, you're on the way up and they're on the way down quickly and they know it. I don't, even if Carolina's on the way down quickly, they are not accepting it or they don't realize it. This is a team that went out and traded for C.J. Henderson, that went out and traded for Stephon Gilmore, who, by the way, has an interception every game he's played for them. It's only two, but still. And now they went out and got Cam Newton, uh, and it's not like this is Cam Newton from five years ago, but it is still a team that's like, no, 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 we're a half game out of a playoff spot. It speaks to the desperation of the team the Cardinals are going to be facing on Sunday. Would it shock you to know the Carolina Panthers are the number two, number two defense in the National Football League? That is kind of shocking. I just yeah. think about that. Number two defense in terms of yards per game and yards per play. You put those two things together right there, man, and you watch them on tape, and it's no wonder why you say to yourself, man, their defense is scrappy. They will scrap. They will brawl. Now, they're right in the middle of the league for the most part in terms of stopping the run, but, man, you want to talk about their pass defense? Number two and number three, respectively, in passing yards per game allowed and passing yards per play allowed. Number two and number three. It is... That is so good, it's not even funny. Sacks per attempt. They're number three. That's just on Reddick. Number three. They get pressure on an opposing quarterback. First downs. Number three in the league at allowing first downs. Number four in terms of third down defense. They get off the field. You're not converting a ton of first downs against them, and they get off the field. Listen, all of this, it all comes together to say, wait a minute. Kyler, are you looking at me right now? Because I want you to know your ankle better be 100% before we put you on that field because the Carolina Panthers and that pass defense, that's real. Right? You're not going to get out the crowbar and jam them in there. So, um, yeah, I I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think we're going to see Kyler Murray. This weekend, well, that's then my we're, guess. We're going to see Colt McCoy against a good defense, maybe without DeAndre Hopkins. Sorry, Colt. Such is the life of the backup quarterback. I honestly get out there think, and make yeah, it work. I don't think we're going to see D Hop. To your point, uh, coming up, the Suns are starting to look more and more like the Suns again. Is the NBA investigation going to interfere with their on-court play? Though it hasn't yet. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on ninety-eight-seven FM, Arizona Sports Station.